has all the knowledge you want. Malik books has all the knowledge you need. Malik books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik books. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Malik's Bookshelf, bringing the world together with books, culture, and community. Hi, my name is Malik, your host of Malik's Bookshelf. This has been an emotional time for me, given the fact that I'm dealing with the death of someone near and dear, my mother, um, which I love deeply. Um, I've done several podcasts mentioning this. Um, This is probably another podcast not probably but yes i'm going to be touching on some of the things my experiences that i'm going through um i'm just making it a little bit more personal because what i've been experiencing is very personal and um and deep and one of the things that i realized that um, a lot of people um, would say during this whole experience was um my mom is in a better place, meaning death is a better place than life. Like, my mom was in some pain. You know, we've been dealing with this cancer for over a year. And she fought the good fight, and she was a tough cookie, as she said when I interviewed her. Um, but nevertheless, uh, um, this was terminal and eventually led to her uh, last breath. And But one of the things that... A lot of people in there consoling would say to me, she's in a better place. She's in a better place. And I'm trying to internalize what that really means and what they're really saying. Um, that death is a better place, what, than life? Um, to be honest, that just don't sit well with me. And I get what they're saying and I get the the the, the consoling and the uh, affection and the love but saying death is a better place, how is that? How is that relieves me of what I'm feeling, and how does that bring understanding to what I'm feeling? Death is is a better place than life. You know, I'm, and I'm saying that why do we say things like that, and for what purpose? I'd rather hear something like, "She lived a great life. She was a great person." She um, was a loving mom. She was a a great individual. Um, she can cook real good, boy. I tell you, I'm, she's truly gonna be missed. Why not things like that? Why do we make death like it's a place? We know life is a place because we're here, and you listen to me, and you're alive. But death is a better place when nobody never died. The only place I know about death is a person is buried in the ground in that body. Now, as far as the energy and the essence of them, that's departed, okay? But how is that being separate from your body life? And if that's the case, then how is it that you're able to have the same experience and you don't have no body? Isn't that the purpose of having a body? How is death a better place? You know, there's a whole lot of everything in this world, in this universe, but there ain't a whole lot of life. You know, life is the most precious gift given to 
you and I. In animals, in insects, in birds, in fish. Life is sacred. Life is a blessing. You didn't create yourself. You didn't say, oh, here's the uh, uh, the sperm um, or go fertilize that. You didn't say that. You, you ain't tell that sperm what to do. That sperm knew exactly what to do. You know why? Because intelligence was already put in it. And then it multiplied and it grew a heart and it grew a brain and it grew organs and it grew eyes and it grew everything on its own. And you ain't instructed to do none of that. It created, you know what I'm saying? It created it. Itself, in a sense, right? A magnificent being comes forth. A magnificent life comes forth. And while you're alive, people fight like hell to keep that life. You know, people give up their whole wealth. People will go and sell their homes and go bankrupt to save their life. You know, people will go to war in order to preserve their life their legacy, their country. The acts that we do to keep our lives. And then you say death is a better place. Well, if death is a better place than life, why everybody just ain't committing suicide and dying? If death is a better place. No, because I think you know that life is a better place. I think you know that this is the greatest gift. I think you know that this is a blessing to have and that you should hold on to this life as long as you have until your last breath. But to sit there and say death is a better place, it's a foolish statement because it cannot be. And no one can prove death is a better place because ain't nobody died to come back and tell you otherwise. So to say that, that ain't comforting. That is not comforting. Death is a better place. No, life is a better place. Life. Death is just a process that all things have a term. So eventually all things wither, all things age, all things pass away. But what, what did we learn? Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form. And that's why I have my um, remarks, my reflection at the funeral. I'm going to air on this particular podcast episode. My words that I spoke as a reflection of my mom as when we gave the funeral July 8th. And I'm going to feature my words and what I said on this episode. But this whole thing about, you know, words matter and words are important. And I don't think that we have analyzed some of the things that we say sometimes. And I don't know how that started. Death is a better place. People say, oh, heaven. And then you got, you know. Hell, right? So people associate death and life. You know, they associate living, you know, when you die, either you go into heaven or you 
going to hell. So people, when they die, they're going to heaven, right? Okay. Where is it at? Uh, people been up in space. People been in airplane. I mean, tell me where is that? Because it sounds like it's a place. Okay, so you say heaven on earth, right? Okay, heaven, right? I'm going to heaven, right? I'm drinking milk and honey. Um, it's filled with a road of gold. Okay, um, aren't those physical things? Aren't those things that we see in physical life? Okay, so let's say you're your spirit and that you departed your body, okay? Um, you got eyeballs? Um, you got a mouth you can speak? You have a stomach that you gonna eat? So, okay, what's the form of a spirit? And just tell me how it can move, how it can speak, how it can talk, how it can think, because all of those things associated with having a physical body. So if you physically dead and you just a spirit, well, then tell me how spiritually you do all the things that you do physically, okay? It makes no sense. And that's why I know, that's why the life we have don't have the kind of respect that it should have. That's why people get out here and kill people sensibly thinking that they're going to a better place. Oh, well, they're going to heaven, so, oh, well. They going to a place. Oh, they going to hell, and you're tortured. Okay, how you tortured? You ain't got a body. How you feel pain, and you ain't got no nerves, and you're in hell, right? How do you feel agony, and you don't even have pain receptacles, all right, and no nerves? Okay, you anyone ever think about this? I mean, you describe heaven. You know, you have a person, and you torture them physically. They feel agony. They feel pain. They feel hardship. They feel all of these things, right? You know, so in terms of how we describe this hell, right? You got to have a body to experience all the things that you say you're supposed to experience in hell or in heaven. This makes no sense. And we need to know today, and that's what science is all about. It's a whole lot of fairy tales being told. Just to make you feel good and feel a certain way and to believe a certain thing. Instead of you putting your energy and your life on the line to make heaven on earth, to make life better for you, to come out of the hell of a condition that you're in. You ain't got no money. You're broke. You're suffering. You're, you're in agony. You got all kind of diseases. You got all kind of problems in your community. And you don't even associate that with hell on earth. You know what I'm saying? It's time to build heaven on earth. Where you have all your needs and your desires and everything you need and you live in a life of righteousness and you walking around with your fellow man and you embracing each other with love and your kindness and giving and so forth. Isn't that hell, heaven? That's heaven on earth. So heaven in hell is on earth. You're either in heaven or you're in hell on earth. But certainly when you physically die, that ain't a better place because ain't nobody cutting their wrist, jumping off the, 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 the Eiffel Tower in Paris or any other tall building in the world and killing themselves or just stabbing and shooting themselves. Ain't nobody committing a whole lot of sewer like that on an epic. In a, even a pope one time, take me to the doctor, got sick because he want to hold on to his life. You want to hold on to that breath. Health is wealth. Let me say it again. 
Health is wealth. So this this statement about death is a better place, I'm not buying it. I think we should stop saying it. I don't think that is 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 appropriate. I know you're trying to say it in a very comforting way, but I don't buy it. And I'm not going to sit here and try to talk to each and everybody to come and, and say that word. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying in my mind, in my heart, and on this podcast today, these are my thoughts. This is my opinion. This is how I see it. You know, I don't think you should say it. Death is a better place. Say something more appropriate. You, you, that person lived a wonderful life. That person lived a, gave, you know, so much and was such a beautiful soul. Say things like that. But certainly, stop saying death is a better place. Because you're lying to yourself. Life is the better place. Life. So hold on to your life. Hold on to every breath you got. Hold on to everything that is sacred. Because you know what? You're in God for this life. Because ain't nobody died. It's coming on back physically, right? So hold on. You're unique. You're one of a kind. No one's like you. And you need to cherish the life you have. Because it's a blessing. No one... You know what I'm saying? No one's like you. No one's ever going to be like you. And this right here is a gift. And it's a gift from God. And you have the breath of life. So hold on to that breath. So that's my thoughts on this. Stay tuned for the rest of this podcast. Especially my reflection of my mother and my brother Dara's reflection. And my sister LaDonia's reflection. As well as an interview that I did recently at Malik Books doing a book signing with Dr. Robert Brown, who wrote a book called Joker to King, a comprehensive guide to manhood. It's basically a transitional book from being a teen to an adult. So, hey, stay tuned for that interview. It's an excellent book. I got the call that she passed away. While I was crying and mourning, I wrote a letter. And I want to share that with you. It's a farewell letter to my mom, Carolyn Hunter Sweet. Mom, as you begin your journey home to God, remember these words. I love and adore you. Thank you for being a loving mom. Thank you for being a caring mom. Thank you for being a great mom. Thank you for being an extraordinary mom. Thank you for being a magnificent mom. Thank you for being an amazing mom. Thank you for being a compassionate mom. Thank you for being a radiant light, mom. Thank you for providing nourishment, Mom. Thank you for providing a home, Mom. Thank you for giving me life, Mom. Thank you for all your prayers, Mom, and y'all know she prayed. Thank you for all the great memories, Mom. Thank you for your wisdom, Mom. Thank you for your courage, Mom. Thank you for your inspiration, Mom. Thank you for your guidance, Mom. Thank you for your trust, Mom. Thank you for being a sacred woman, Mom. 
Thank you for being a guardian angel, Mom. Thank you for teaching me about God, Mom. Thank you for giving me your very best. Thank you for teaching me to walk. Thank you for teaching me to speak. Thank you for teaching me to read, Mom. Thank you for believing in me, Mom. Thank you for everything, Mom. Thank you for loving me, Mom. Rest in power as you join the great ancestors. So I wrote that at a very private moment, sobering with tears and mourning the loss. But I want to show you the power of God right now. I want every, every child, her children, her grandchildren, her great children to stand up and come over here for this private moment with us. Stand up and come to the stage. I want to show you the power of God. Come on. I want to show you her legacy. I want to show you that there is no death. There is no death. The energy is, either, is neither destroyed or created, right? You all learned that in school, right? Well, this is mama transformed right now. She is in all of us. And I want you to see, she lives. She lives in all of us. Because we wouldn't be here without her giving birth. This is how energy is transformed. This is life. This is life. We're here because of mama. Not only did she physically give birth to me, LaDonia, and Darius, which in return created more life. You see that? That's the power of God. That's why she's still here right now, because she's here with us. So give, give, pray. And I want to say this. She touched some of you out in that audience. We're more than just physical. She transformed all of us. She gave us a spirit. She gave us a teaching. She gave us God's blessing. She touched us in many ways. And if she touched you out there in the audience, I need you to stand up. If she touched you in that audience, I need you to stand up. And I need you to pray that she lives. She lives in all of us because she touched all of us. She is all of us. And when you get sad, I want you to hug yourself and say, she's right thus. Kiss yourself. Know that she's present in all of us. That's the power of God. And we're here to celebrate my mom. We're here to celebrate, not mourn, because we're here because of her. So we celebrate. So when you think about Carolyn, sweet Hunter, know that she lives. She lives in every one of you and all of us. She's a woman of God. But this is the power of God because he gave us this blessing to live on. And we here. And we will remember there is no death. It's how will you perceive it? Because if she's gone, we wouldn't be here. God gave us this blessing. Let's cherish it. We live for each other. So let's love each other. Let's remember each other. Because this is a blessing. 
just yesterday, a friend of mine, he called me and said, I'm in the kitchen making potato salad. And I said, well, you know, potato salad can make or break a cookout, you know. <laughs> and he said, I'm in here making that potato salad you made. And I said, wow, here my mom had passed away, but I didn't pass on her recipe through me to somebody else. And they was cooking that potato salad. Then my mama taught me and LaDonia and Darius. She taught us another plate, uh, egg parmesan. One of her delicious egg parmesans. Boy, I tell you, you see, this is how we pass on. These are the things that we, we pass on to one another. And my, my niece talked about her being a powerful, strong entrepreneur. Now I'm here to say, Mother Crusader, praise Scott, pass that spirit on to my mother. Y'all witnessed it. She, and my mother passed that on to me. She would always talk about how I always want to win and how strong I, my personality. Well, I said, Mama, I got it from you. You got it from Crusader Praise Scott. You see, we pass on the energy to each other. You know, that's how it works. And so, I know that this reflection is nothing but an extension of my mother. And I like to remember my mom as a strong black woman, a independent black woman, an entrepreneur, someone who loved God. And in my final saying, this is what my mom used to always say. She said, nothing is too hard or powerful for God. To God, be the glory. Thank you. Hands Dad, I just want to say, my mama says, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we ask him, run from another, in Jesus' name, amen. She used to say it all the time, all the time. Thank you, Lord Donna. Darius. I'm gonna be quick, I'm gonna be quick. Seeing what my mother went through, I named a poem after her, and it's called, Mama, You're One Tough Cookie. <laughs> Mama, going through your illness was tough and cut me like a knife, but your no-quit attitude gave me life. Even when the doctor said your cancer was moving quickly and was very rare, my tough cookie fought the fight and didn't care. My tough cookie said, them doctors can have all them degrees on the office wall, but my Lord and Savior makes the final call. I saw my tough cookie go days without eating, and it didn't make any sense. But prayer and strength, I'm sorry, but prayer and worship was your food that gave you strength. By no stretch of the imagination has this cancer been kind, but my God saw fit that you kept a sound mind. Growing up was tough. Growing up, my tough cookie taught me, son, never be no one's fool. But I'm blessed to have you in my life for 52 years because I had friends that lost their mom when they were in elementary school. That cancer took a bite out of my tough cookie and left some crumbs. But now you're sitting next to our Father in heaven. Now, cancer, you look dumb. Yeah. All right. 
One thing I've learned, to be a tough cookie, you have to have a fighting spirit, can't be no rookie. My tough cookie ran the race down to the very last mile. And for that, your baby boy, family, and National Church of God gonna send you out in style. God called my tough cookie home on June 25th, and this is a celebration and an and amazing gift. For those feeling sad and think this is a pity party, don't be, because we're gonna celebrate tough cookie life for the whole world to see. So right now, I ask everyone to stand to their feet and give Sister Carolyn a standing ovation. Welcome, my brother. Welcome to Malik's Bookshelf, bringing the world together with books, culture, and community. We greatly appreciate you coming to Malik's Bookshelf in the Westboro Coast of sharing your time, doing a book signing, but more importantly, I want my audience at Malik's Bookshelf to know something about your book, which is called Joker to King. Hello, this is Dr. Robert Brown. Now, tell us a little bit about your background first. Well, I'm... I'm a college professor. I've been in education all my life. I'm also a certified men's development coach. I work with men in order to bring health, happiness, and wholeness to their lives. Um, I'm also, a lot of people don't know this, so y'all the first to know this. I'm actually going back to school to get my license as a therapist. Okay, okay. My, my job is to help black men heal. Here. That's exactly right. And that's where this book comes from. About seven years ago, the first edition of this book was published. Uh, it became the most downloaded self-help book on Amazon the week that it came out. Amazing. Um, grand Prize winner, Southern California Book uh, book Festival. Okay. Back in 2016. And the reason is because it's the first book of its kind. Um, the idea is to teach young adults what healthy adulthood looks like. From a teacher's standpoint, I was challenged by my brother. You know, since I wrote curriculum for math, I wrote curriculum for English, he asked, is it possible to write curriculum to teach people how to be a man? Step by step with homework assignments and everything. That's where this book came from. Wow, made it. I, I, the subtitle is Your Comprehensive Guide to Manhood. Comprehensive. So you're dealing with the transitional part from teen to adult? That's, that's it right there. <laughs> that's it right there. Because a lot of adults, they haven't learned. They don't even know what they don't know. They don't know what to ask. There's, there's chapters in here on how to cook, how to travel, how to forgive your parents, mm. uh, how to be anti-sexist. The relationship between men and whites, you know, how to build a strong work ethic. You want to learn how to overcome procrastination? There's a chapter in the book. That's a demon. Everything from how to how to master small talk to how to travel. All all that is in this book. What you was doing the book sign, and one of the things I repeatedly heard you say yeah. was about financial literacy. Yes, yes, yes. Tell us about that aspect. Yes, yes, yes. So the whole book is structured like a deck of cards, right? So the car, a deck of cards has spades, diamonds, clubs, hearts. Yes. All the diamonds are all the lessons that you got to learn about finance. All the hearts are the lessons you have to learn about relationships. Mm. Mm. All the spades are the lessons you have to learn about your own mental and emotional health. And all the clubs 
those are the lessons that have to do with your way in the world, how to cook, how to travel, how to buy a suit, right? So that's the key difference between a boy and a man. A man knows how to manage those four pillars of adulthood. Finances, relationships, mental health, and their way in the world. You can manage those four things, you're a healthy adult. That's the way you like to strive. You simplify. You simplify. Uh, that's what I do. I'm a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you make it plain. My, my job is to teach. Always. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I always say this. Um, everyone is alive. Who has the master grip to unlock you? And that's how you put the words into a way it becomes a key. Because what you're trying to do with the 52 debt is you're trying to unlock a lot of people who are locked up in themselves and not understanding certain things to have manhood or how to be a man. These things oftentimes are not addressed at home and all of us bounce off the walls in the world in order to find out what we like and who we are. Right. Because we don't have those kind of conversations yeah, a lot of times. That's it right there. A lot of us had people growing up who walked us through the content, who walked us through the wisdom. These days, that doesn't exist that much anymore. We need people like you and I to keep putting these pieces of wisdom out there to these young folks so that they know how to grow, how to be healthy. Well, I think this book is an excellent book. It's a key to unlocking you, <laughs> to give you manhood, to teach it. you about being a man. You know, and that's important because it's a lot of men out here, brother. There's women taking care. You know, they they consider themselves players mm. and they predators of women. You know, exactly. that's exactly right. You cannot be a man of integrity if you don't walk, think, and act. All in alignment. You know, what I say about myself and what I think about myself has to be lined up with how I move in the world. If I think I'm a man of integrity, but then I act a certain way with women that is not protecting, providing, I'm not a man of integrity. Absolutely. Yeah, integrity matters. That's, that's why it's the first chapter. That's character. It's the ace of spades. The ace of spades. <laughs> Absolutely, exactly. I love it, my brother. I think this book is a great read. I'm going to read it myself. Yep. Just, you know, I have some kids. I have some teens. I also got some adults. They might benefit off of this, yep. including myself, because I'm always open to reading books that are self-help. Uh, that primarily on my exactly. beliefs bookshelf are books that are nonfiction. Yep. Books that provide information. You know, I don't read a whole lot of fiction. And these days, <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell one, one last thing I'm going to say. What we're doing here is we're starting a movement. It's not just a book. It's a movement. There's a podcast, YouTube channel, Instagram. There's the book. We have classes. In fact, we even have a free, you don't have to pay for anything, men's group. The Joker King men's group. All you got to do is go to jokerthekingcom Everything's right there. Yeah. Well, if you're in a king, you're a joker. You heard it. You're a joker and a king. <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, I enjoyed. Thanks for sharing your, the information about this timely book. Yes, yes. You know, once again, Joker the King, your comprehensive guide to manhood by Dr. Robert Brown. 
we got to have it at Malik Books. We're going to put it on our web website, MalikBooks.com. Continue to do what you do because the more we have out here trying to deal with the trauma and the problems that we have. See, this is a solution. This is not, you know, we got problems. But are you willing to come up with a solution? You provide a solution. Malik Books is about solution. Using book, your book actors just like me. You got a book to activate and make change. That's it. I love appreciate it. it. Hey, I thank you. How people can find you, my brother? You know what? You can go to JokerToKing.com. Everything starts there. JokerToKing.com. Bingo. There you have it. Thank you, my brother. Thanks for listening to Malik's Bookshelf, where topics on the shelf are books, culture, and community. Be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. Check out my Instagram at Malik Books. See you next time.